welcome to the Irish Pagan School podcast. Your hosts are authors and co-founders of the Irish Pagan School here in County Waterford, Ireland, Laura O'Brien and John O'Sullivan. Falcha. Hello and welcome. If you're new to us, Falcha Road, you're very, very welcome. This is myself, Laura O'Brien. I'm an author and co-founder of the Irish Pagan School. And today we're going to talk about stereotypes, particularly Irish stereotypes. And we're going to burst some bubbles because they're quite harmful and ye are using them a lot, thinking that you're honouring your Irish heritage and you're really not. So we are going to get into that. Did you know that even though Ireland have a slightly higher percentage of red-haired people, we still only have around 2% of our population who have red hair. The whole freckles thing, we have very pale skin. Yes, we have freckles as well. There are many, many people in Ireland who do not have red hair and freckles. In fact, that 2% is about the same amount of people who were born intersex. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But it is incredibly racist when you think about it to presume that Irish people have pale skin, red hair, and freckles. This is, you know, it's an equivalent to the whole blonde and blue-eyed epitome of humanity that didn't go down so well when it was tried in other places in other times and, you know, is still being talked about today. So can we just not do that? Can we get away from that stereotype, please? There are many, many people in Ireland who have black and brown skin, who have dark, swarthy skin, who tan very easily, who have black hair, brown hair. The blue eyes thing, you know, fair enough. Blue eyes are predominant, I think, if your mother has blue eyes. So there's that. But it just perpetuating that type of stereotype is inherently racist. It's inherently preferential towards a particular beauty standard, I suppose, if we want to get into that, but a particular standard of presentation that is the presumption that this is what an Irish person looks like. And that is incredibly damaging for the 98% of people in Ireland who don't look like that. Okay? Or, you know, just annoying. It can be just annoying, but all those annoyances add up and become microaggressions as well. We are going to talk about Irish twins now. And this is something that I hear a lot as a joke. And for anybody who's not familiar, the Irish twins thing is where there are siblings who are very close together within around about a year of each other. And this is called the Irish twin. So this is perpetuating the stereotype that predominantly Catholic people will breed like rabbits, which has a lot of, again, very negative and damaging uh, connotations when we get into areas of poverty, when we get into the whole colonial and imperialist attitude of these 
you know, savage barbarian Irish who are overpopulating the world, right? I can show you the documents from the famine, or you can go and look them up yourself. So I don't have to do that emotional labor for you. But the transcripts of the English government, the parliamentary discussions on just such topics during our incredibly traumatic Great Famine. We don't call it the Potato Famine. Please don't do that. The, the Great Famine on Gertha Moore, the Great Hunger here in Ireland in the 1840s. So a lot of that comes from there, but a lot of it also is connected to the, the reality that the Catholic Church kept women in particular within these poverty and destructive health cycles because we were not allowed to have contraception right up through the 60s, through the 70s. I can't remember exactly what year contraception became legal in Ireland, but it was very, very difficult to get us even into the 80s. So underground railroads up to Belfast were a thing, train journeys all through the 60s. And this was to try and save women's lives, women's health. Um, even when I was growing up, it was very, very normal for, sorry, we have a street sweeper going in the background. I'm here at the prom this morning, a very rainy morning, trying to get some quiet to record, which is, you know, a mixed bag wherever I am. We really need our IPS HQ soundproof recording studio, but we're not there yet. So the Catholic Church were keeping women pregnant. Pregnant and barefoot, tied to the kitchen sink, is the kind of uh, dark humor that we would share. And it was very much the reality, as I said, even when I was growing up, there were the next generation above me. Now, with my generation, three or four kids is kind of normal. In my kids' generation, two to three kids is normal. So I think that's pretty standard worldwide. But in my parents' generation, over 10 kids was still normal. I know multiple families personally growing up who had 12, 13 kids. And that would have been about 15 or 16 pregnancies for the women, for the mothers. And there's all sorts of issues, obviously, that come with that from economic to health to interpersonal relationships where older children end up having to raise their siblings because the mother just can't do it to the division of labor within families. There are so many socioeconomic issues that come from this. And to hear ignorant Americans making jokes about Irish twins is painful. So please don't do that. Okay. So we've had red hair. We've had stereotypes. What else? Ah, the drunken Irish. Let's finish it here. Let's finish it here. But the drunken Irish is incredibly, incredibly painful. And we do this to ourselves. We are, we are proud of, you know, being able to handle our drink and our drinking culture. And in fairness, we do get a lot of social benefits from 
the pub culture that is still here in Ireland and it is very much a part of our culture. But that's about the socialization, not about the drinking. Okay. We have it programmed into us that we are drinkers. We when we look at this historically, this goes back to yes, a part of our culture from, you know, before when drinking water was freely available. And I say this, in Ireland there are still places where where our drinking water is not uncontaminated. We still have E. coli scares. We still have issues here with drinking water in Ireland. I lived in Roscommon for 13 years and literally from the day that I moved in to the day that I moved out of that particular house, the water coming out of the tap was brown and full of cryptosporidium and all sorts of horrific shit. So I was buying bottled water for 13 years. So, but back in the day when we didn't have readily available water purification, theoretically at least, in Ireland, say in, in, in the East, we would have seen the boiling of water for tea. So tea being a part of the culture in European heritage, which obviously Ireland is part of, we would have had the brewing or the distillation of water as a purification method in some cases. So that is a theory about why, you know, Asians drink tea and Europeans drink alcohol. The reality of the drinking culture here in Ireland is that our alcoholism levels are higher than many, many other places. Not everywhere, but certainly many other places. And this has been incredibly damaging to Irish society and to Irish culture and to Irish mental health. And particularly when you, you know, combine us with the, again, the gender division where men had to be stoic and not talk about their feelings and man up and, you know, all of that patriarchal bullshit that affects men too and is incredibly damaging and harmful to everybody's psyche and everybody's mental health and has so many knock-on effects through our society. So combine that with our severe and as yet unrecognised and un, certainly untreated post-colonial trauma. And I say post-colonial, we are still colonized on a part of this island, so we're not entirely post-colonial, but for a lot of Ireland, we would view ourselves as post-colonial, if, if we think about it. But the trauma of literally a thousand years of imperialist colonization, you know, for all the colonization that's happened all over the world, the Romans really were the only ones who did it worse than the English have done it to Ireland. And it's not a competition. I don't mean worse, but certainly earliest, right? Where entire culture is wiped out or attempted to be wiped out. We still, still held on. We held on to our language. We held on to a lot of our traditions. We, we are still holding on to it in the face of stereotypical bullshit that comes from that same colonization. So 
when we look at any colonized culture, any traumatized culture in the world, such as the Aboriginal culture in Australia, such as the Native American cultures, tribes in the United States, what's now the United States, what previously was Turtle Island. Alcoholism and drug abuse are problems. And in Ireland, this is no exception. So coming up to Paddy's Day, particularly, and by the way, it's Paddy with a D, not T. Please don't call it Patty's Day. If you're going to call it anything, call it Patrick's Day or whatever. But really check yourself and your Irish stereotypes, celebrating your Irish heritage. How about you celebrate your Irish heritage by reading some poetry from Irish poets or storytelling from authentic, accurate sources in Ireland or learning the language or doing, you know, some ancestry research that, that is actually factual, not based on some bogus science DNA bullshit. There are many ways that you can celebrate your Irish heritage without resorting to stereotypes. And particularly, I'm putting on notice fiction and non-fiction authors, but we really see it in a lot of fiction. These Irish stereotypes are coming in. If you're writing an Irish historical fiction book, drop all of this shit. If I see any more red-haired, drunken, gambling rakes as protagonists, I am going to lose the run of myself now, to be honest, because it is, again, for all of the reasons mentioned in this, you know, the the fighting Irish is another one. Oh my God, the fighting Irish. This, this idea that, like, we don't talk about the fighting Irish in Ireland. That's an American thing. And, you know, being proud of your temper or your Irish temper is very, very damaging. You know, the reason that the Irish temper is a thing is because of trauma, again, because of trauma and, you know, socioeconomic issues such as poverty and alcoholism and having to have a hundred fucking babies because the church, who are also colonizers and criminal organization, the church organization here in Ireland won't allow you basic fucking contraception because it's a mortal sin, apparently. No wonder people were angry. Just stop, okay? Stop with that bullshit because it's all rooted in our trauma and it's all perpetuating these cycles of trauma and bigoted stereotypes that are essentially harmful to Irish people. So just fucking stop. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive review in your podcast listener. Then head over to irishpaganschool.com and enroll in one of our free or paid courses. Slongafol and we will see you next time.